98.7 FM. FM, Arizona's sports station. Are you sitting comfortably? Yeah. Then I'll begin. Okay. Arizona sports goes local. Local. That is awesome. We're giving the mic to local hosts right here in Phoenix. Whoa, snap. Because what's a Saturday without sports? Ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona's sports station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Happy Saturday to all of you tuning in live from the Auction Community Studios. This is Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Ferreldis, Steve Zinsmeister. You heard Zach Larson in the update. He's about to leave us for some reason. And Trevor Henry behind the glass today. Trev, how are you doing today? Doing all right, gentlemen. How you doing? Doing well. You know what? Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Today could be the day. It could be the day. I'm feeling blessed. You know, you want to know why I'm feeling blessed? Sure. I'm feeling blessed. So, two reasons. First reason, my friend, his name is Chad. He recently visited his sister, who is currently in Italy. So, he got to go there, visit her, and he went to all of the sites to see, of course. And one of them, of course, he went to Vatican City. Sure. He got to see the Pope in his little Pope-mobile, going down the street. So he got to wave at the Pope and he's messaging us while he's there. And he asked, Hey, do any of you want rosary beads that were blessed by the Pope? Oh, okay. I'm like, Oh shoot. Sure. Can't hurt. Right. (laughs) I see. I see him last night. He gets back a couple days ago. Okay. And he gives me the beads and it's very much this, like he grabbed it from a trinket shop. Like one side has a picture of the Vatican and the other side has the Pope just giving a thumbs up. (laughs) It's very touristy. Yeah. That's not even the best part. I take the rosaries out. There's a little face of the Pope on the rosaries. Like a little portrait that separates the beads from like the actual cross of the necklace. There's a little face of the Pope and he's waving. Isn't that awesome? It's like they monetized the Pope. Very effectively. Something like that. Very effectively. So So you got Francis around your neck. That's not the only reason I'm feeling blessed today, Steve. Okay. I'm feeling blessed because Kevin Durant might be a member of the Phoenix Suns. It could be today. It could be today. It could be. I'm not it saying it will tomorrow. be. It could be tomorrow. I know Flex from Jersey came on this station yesterday and said there could be a lot of fireworks on July 4th. Oh, okay. Like, I think I heard Gambo say at one point yesterday that he thinks it'll be done before the 4th of July The progression is of this is insane. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah, let's start over. We learned through reporting from John Gambadoro mm-hmm. here on this station that the Phoenix Suns have turned their attention to acquiring Kevin Durant, the Durantula. This is coming off the Slim of, Reaper. This is coming off reports from both Sean Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski that Kevin Durant formally requested a trade yeah, from I the guess Brooklyn that's Nets. The true beginning of all of this, which is what led to the Suns' full focus now being on Durant. And they've probably known that this was a possibility for a while. Sure, they didn't just like learn yesterday, like we all did, that this was happening. You know, they've probably known it was in the works for a hot minute. You know what's funny? This is probably the advantage of getting knocked out of the postseason early. You get to illegally tamper sooner. Uh, <laughs> There's some heavy accusations there, Mitch. Uh, No, I think that they've probably just been game planning behind the scenes. Like, hey, these are our options. These are our possibilities. Because we've talked about this a lot. 
you and I, that the Suns have more questions than most teams. I mean, you're a Nuggets fan originally, right? Yep. And you and I were just talking and we were like, oh yeah, they made that trade for Contavious Caldwell Pope. And I said to you, I'm like, okay, so they're basically done, right? Like their offseason's pretty much over. They've filled most of their spots. They're not moving major pieces. Unless they do something drastic. Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of teams are like that. Not the Suns. No. Because they've got this DeAndre Ayton thing hanging over them where they don't know what's going to happen there. And now we learn through reporting from John Gambadoro that they are turning their attention to acquiring Kevin Durant. Now, there's a couple interesting factors behind that. Mm -hmm. Number one, he's under contract with Brooklyn for four years. Four years. years. And like $5 billion. This isn't just like an expiring deal. This is He signed an extension with them last year. Now, on the one hand, you could say that that means that the Nets have all the power. They can go and shop Durant to all the teams in the league, all 29 other teams, and say, hey, give me your best offer, and we're going to trade them to the team that gets the best offer. That could be the Suns. That could be the Celtics. That could be the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care. They'll probably trade them to the best, uh, the place with the best. They're looking out for themselves. But on the other hand, when Anthony Davis was in New Orleans, where did he want to go? The Lakers. Yep. Where did he go? The Lakers. Yep. When Paul George was in OKC, where did he want to go? Clippers. Where did he go? The Clippers. You see what I, I'm saying? I, I, like, I, I like what you're getting you at. You see where here. I'm going with this? Like I like when, what you're getting at. Uh, James Harden's in Houston. Where did he want to go? Philly. Oh, well, <laughs> in the end, I guess. Yeah, that's but, its own whole mess. Well, okay, but but even still, he wanted to go to Brooklyn. Goes to Brooklyn. Then he wants to go to Philly. Goes to Philly. And supposedly he here? might have his multi-year deal figured out by today. Because superstars in the NBA have more power now than they've ever had before. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin Durant, which has been reported that his top team is the Suns, that he wants to be in Phoenix, and that matters... It's not like the Nets have all the power here. They've got a lot of it. Don't get me wrong, because he's under contract for four years. It's not It's not an expiring deal like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Durant does have some power because he can, if they come to him and say, hey, we're, we're trading you to the Orlando Magic, he can always pull the Diva card and say, I ain't playing for the Magic. And then the Magic are going to get cold feet, and they're going to say, oh, well, if he's not going to play for us, mm-hmm. if he's just going to sit out, which I don't know that Durant would actually do. But you're, ba- you're basically asking who has the true leverage here. You right? can't pretend like the superstar doesn't have leverage here. Even though he's under contract for four years. They have some. Because all these players have contracts and they go where they, they end up going where they want to be. I think the other key factor in that that we're kind of overlooking in this moment right now is that when Anthony Davis and Paul George and James Harden all got traded to those top destinations of choice. I mean, look at what the Lakers gave up. Four ready-to-play young players and a bunch of picks for Anthony Davis. Yep. Uh, The Clippers gave up a star or a rising star in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a bunch of other role players, and a bunch of picks to get Paul George. Brooklyn, a bunch of picks, role players to Houston. And then, again, when Brooklyn eventually moved Harden to Philly... They got Ben Simmons, but they also got picks like the Suns are in perfect position to give up everything that would meet the quota of all of these other big star disgruntled in their current location deals. So that's the other interesting part of this, right? Now, the question is, what does Brooklyn want if they're going to move on from Kevin Durant, which I think is happening? It's interesting because thanks to reporting from John Gamadoro, we now know that Brooklyn does not want DeAndre Ayton. 
which in the moment is just a it's like mind blown oh. moment. It's I'm one like, of those. Oh, I know because you thought that every, was going to be everyone thought that was going to be the number one piece to give. I thought it. You thought it. Everyone in the valley thought if you were going to get Kevin Durant, it would be a package centered around DeAndre Ayton. Plus those players you mentioned, plus picks, plus another team might have to get involved and throw some things in the in the mix as well. And that might be what happens, but it won't be with Aiton going to Brooklyn, is what it sounds like, because they don't want him. Then we learn, through more reporting, mm-hmm. that not only does Brooklyn not want Aiton, but most of the league does not have interest in DeAndre Aiton until yesterday, when we learned from John Gambadoro that there is one team that's interested in DeAndre Ayton. The Utah Jazz have interest in discussing a sign-and-trade deal for Suns' restricted free agent DeAndre Ayton. This is huge because this is the first team that we know of that we can associate with having interest in DeAndre Ayton. That would have to be a sign-and-trade because the Jazz do not have cap space. They just traded Rudy Gobert. They're interested in a younger, more cost-efficient center. So the Utah Jazz do have interest in exploring a trade for the Suns' DeAndre Ayton. Okay, I want to clarify a few things specific to what Gambo's report says. Interest in exploring a sign-and-trade. The most comparable example I can think of in recent memory to Phoenix, the city council approved progress on the idea of building a new <laughs> arena for the Coyotes. Yeah, it's not very so, definitive, is so it? So before you go jumping and saying, oh my gosh, Utah is going to take eight and off of the Suns' hands so they can get Durant, it's not that easy. It's not necessarily even trying to acquire Aiton. It's no. We're looking to it's, talk about what it would take to get Aiton. It's we're interested in the discussion, right? Which is, it's a step. It's, it's a big de- step, it's but it's not demoralizing that the only team who has even said, "Yeah, we'll talk about Aiton," is Utah. And like, that, if you're Aiton right now, and you're because he's going out and he's trying to find a restricted offer sheet. Yep, he's trying to find as much money as he can, and. Based on the reporting we've seen about how the rest of the league either isn't interested him in him at that dollar value that he wants, it's got to be demoralizing as the player to go around and see, oh man, maybe people don't value me at the number that I want. Right. And now you find out that Utah could be that partner. So let's talk about that. That could look a couple different ways. It could be a three-team trade between the Suns, the Jazz, and the Nets, where Aiton goes to Utah, Durant goes to Phoenix, and then pieces, let's say some of the picks that Gambo mentioned from Minnesota go from Utah to Brooklyn, and then a bunch of players and picks from the Suns go to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe Phoenix and Utah work out a, a solo deal where Aiton goes to Utah and, and the Suns get back some players uh, like Bogdanovich he talked about could be available. Mm-hmm. Um, some other guys, maybe Jordan Clarkson. I heard Kellen Olsen talking about uh, his offensive output yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and picks, maybe, come back to Phoenix, and then they flip some of that and other assets to go get Durant. Either way, it's going Either to be way. a multi-step three-team trade, or yes. it's going to be a three-team trade. There's a lot of moving pieces, literally. There's a lot of moving pieces. How about a piece that might not move? A very interesting report that Gambo brought to our light yesterday, and it has us eyes wide next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. 
If the Suns do get Kevin Durant, and I'm not saying they're going to, I think the Suns have a better than good chance to get him. But I think that there is a chance to do that deal without Mikhail Bridges, which nobody believes is possible, right? Nobody, anybody putting a deal together, they all have Mikhail Bridges in the deal. I think there's a chance that you might not have to do that. John Campadoro here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, yesterday talking about the possibility of getting Durant without giving up Mikel Bridges. Seasons Meister Mitch Varelis with you on Arizona Sports Saturday. I think that's one of the biggest holdups for people around the Valley is they're thinking to themselves, okay, willing to give up Aiton, willing to give up Cam Johnson maybe, willing to give up countless bench pieces, Shamit, Payne, Sarich. I think most people would be cool with giving up, you know, like Tory Craig, all those guys. But I think Mikel Bridges is kind of the biggest holdup for a lot of people. I had a friend text me yesterday. Okay. There was no hi, how you doing? There's no what's going on in your life. Here's what's going on in mine. I haven't talked to you in three years. What's up, dude? First thing he says is, I'm not giving up Mikel Bridges in a trade for Kevin Durant. That is not worth it. And okay. you know what? I think a lot of people have that opinion right now. That's not an outlandish opinion. I mean, heck, if we pull the listeners just on that. Is Mikel Bridges the breaking point in this deal? Uh, and I think a lot of people would would consider that. Uh, especially now that, like we just talked about in the last segment, now that we know that Brooklyn doesn't want Aiton. So yeah. it's going to take other pieces. And if Aiton's not a big piece of that going back to Brooklyn, there's going to have to be other big pieces. But according to Gambo, he thinks they can get it done without Mikel being in that deal. Okay, initial reaction to that. How? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, Am I crazy? Yeah. How? You are. But First of all, for other reasons. we're talking about an all-defensive team, Mikel Bridges, runner-up defensive player of the year, a massive improvement offensively this year for Bridges, and he's got one hell of a team-friendly contract. Was it four years, 90? That is a huge W for the Suns to be able to sign him to that deal before he had the season he had this past year. Now, if Gambo's right, and you can get Durant without giving up Mikel. Oh, it's an absolute win. Home run. I mean, it, getting Durant alone is a home run. That, that's like a that's like a double home run. You get to add Durant to Booker, Paul, and Bridges. Yeah. That's huge. That's like the pitcher, that's threw, huge. the pitcher threw two baseballs at once, and you hit both of them out with one swing. Like, that's... I don't know how that's even possible. I just don't... I can't envision it. I, I realize that Gambo's much more inside this than, than I am. Like, right. he, he's got these sources, and I, I, credit to him, man. He's great at what he does. I just can't envision the scenario where that trade doesn't include Bridges. Isn't Brooklyn going to want somewhat valuable players in return? I mean, it, well, it's like when we were kids, right? Well, maybe not even that far back. You're playing a video game, let's say yep. NBA 2K, and... Remember back in the day, you used to just be able to stack a whole bunch of your bench players in a trade. Oh, yeah. You'd trade eight players for one good player. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's a video game thing. Exactly. We all did it. We cheated. Yeah. You just stacked a bunch of okay players and you traded them for one great player. Yep. And that worked in video games for a while. It doesn't really work Until anymore. they added the salary cap feature. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that feels like. Is like, are they are the Nets really going to go for a deal that's based around Craig, Shamit, Payne, Okay, Jay but, Crowder. But so what? Who's a good player. What but. makes this plausible? The answer is obvious: picks, and a lot of them. Is that and, what the Nets want? Well, okay. Think about the deal yesterday that the Jazz pulled off when they traded Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. They got, technically speaking, five first-round picks because they got the guy that Minnesota drafted this year in the first round. Okay, 
and then they have four future first round picks, three of which are unprotected, and one of them is a top five protected. And it's not even until 2029. Plus a handful of players they got, right? A handful of, you know, we weren't going to keep these guys after this year anyway, contracts. So now the question becomes, if that was the deal that brought Rudy Gobert to Minnesota, there's a lot of money implied in this deal because you're taking on a big contract with Durant. But if that's possible, who's to say that the Suns can't get away without or can't get this deal done Without having to give up McHale. And if memory serves, they kind of did that with Christian Wood's trade too, right? The Christian Wood trade was exactly the same. You dumped a bunch of bench players that you weren't playing on expiring deals, threw in a couple of firsts, and you got Christian Wood. Now, those are not the caliber of player that Durant is. There's going to be need to be more. We're talking about Kevin Durant is at the top of the mantle, and then Christian Wood is trying to climb up the stairs. But the the strategy, the identity of the trade, apparently, according to Gamble, could be similar, where you don't have to have a star player going back to Brooklyn. Because here's the thing. I I feel like Ryan Gosling in The Notebook, and for those of you guys who haven't watched The Notebook, the scene where he's like, what do you want? What do you want? He's trying to get Rachel McAdams' character to tell him, what do you want from this relationship? Is it raining that's in this I, metaphor, too? Yeah, that's <laughs> how I feel about the Nets right now. I have no idea what they want. Do they want decent pieces back so they can try to build around Kyrie, who just opted in, and Ben Simmons, who hasn't played basketball in 14 months? Yeah. Or do they want to somehow flip Kyrie, maybe to the Lakers, it seems like, uh, maybe flip Ben Simmons even? And just completely restart and recoup the picks they lost when they traded Harden. Well, traded for Harden. Going back to what we just talked about, we know what they don't want. We know they do not want DeAndre Ayton, right? Which is what may, has made this deal very difficult, or very much in comparison to the scenario which you just brought forward. What do you want? Well, we know you don't want Ayton, but what do you want? Like, you're not answering the question. Do they want five picks, or do they want two picks and a couple of good players? Like, does Brooklyn still want to be a competitive team? To your point, they still have Ben Simmons. Does he get involved in this trade if they decide to shut everything down? Oh, boy. That's another And then Kyrie is still a big question mark, opted back in, but now all the signs are saying that he's going to get traded, too. Like, to your point, what do you want? What are they trying to do? I don't know what they want. I feel like that's the next big thing we need to find out is what do they want? What are the Nets trying to do? And actually, we're going to be talking with ESPN's Bobby Marks. He's a front office insider. I'm really looking forward to that conversation. That's one of my biggest questions for him. What does he think the Nets want? So yesterday, I, I told you in the morning, I watched the two best minutes of television I've watched in sports in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was Brian Windhorst. I think it was on first take. Yes. It was in the morning. Yes. And Brian just kind of sat there at the table and went, does anybody realize what's happening with the Utah Jazz? This is before they traded Gobert, by the way. Yeah, this this dude knows foresight. He And everyone at the table is so confused. They're like, the Jazz, they haven't done anything. Nobody's talking about the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look around, people. The Jazz just brought in Danny Ainge recently. He gave a new, their coach resigned, a good coach resigned. A really good coach. They gave a new, brand new head coach, five-year deal. He's like, something's going on in Utah. And he was, of course, insinuating that they were going to eventually try to rebuild, right? And what did they do five hours later? They traded Rudy Gobert for, for five, a mountain. five picks and yeah, yeah, all these players. And my point about that is, is he had the foresight to know what the Jazz were trying to accomplish. 
Because he's seen Does it anybody know already. that about the Nets? No, I don't. No, I haven't seen a good explanation of what the Nets are going to try to do because they just found out their star player wants out. What brings it full circle to Wendy's point is that what he was referencing was the last time the Nets made a big move like this. When they got Kevin Durant and Paul Pierce from the Celtics, who at the time was run by Danny Ainge. Right. Hired Brad Thus bringing it full circle. So, right. now that we kind of know what Utah is doing, there are reports out there they want to hold on to Donovan Mitchell and build around him. Do they become the suitor for DeAndre Ayton? And thus, you get away with holding on to Mikel as opposed to having to give him away because you can provide other assets to your point that you made in the last segment. Right. It'll be very interesting to see. What Utah wants to do and what Brooklyn wants to do are directly correlated to what the Suns are able to do. Utah clearly rebuilding. But as you mentioned, are they trying to get Aiton to pair him with Mitchell? Do they want to part with all the picks that they just acquired from Minnesota? Or do they want those for the rebuilding process? And in the Nets case, do they want picks to recoup from the James Harden deal? Or do they want players to help them compete now with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons? There's there are two really good fundamental questions about the direction of two organizations that directly affect what the Suns do in the next 48 hours. I, mean, I really think it's going to happen soon. I mean, look, we've seen it. The Suns, up to this point, outside of two one-year reported deals to Damian Lee and Bismack Biombo, haven't done anything. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. I, I mean... There's not much to get into with it there, but they did add some wing depth in Damian Lee for a year, who, funny enough, was throwing out the first pitch at the Giants game last night when the news <laughs> came out. Uh-oh. And then the second one is they brought back Bismack Biombo. Part of that is because JaVale McGee's gone now in Dallas. So you had to sure up your center spot, and you are trying to move off of DeAndre Ayton. He's so currently the only center under contract. You need something. Unless you count Sarich. I don't know if he counts as a center. I think four. He's a big man. Stretch five. Either or. Neither of those deals have much of an impact on what they choose to do with Durant, so there is that. Hey, coming up next, it's a big 4th of July weekend for the Phoenix Rising. We're going to catch up with their GM, Bobby Dooley. He joins us next on Arizona Sports Saturday. For the love of my... 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister, back here with you on this Arizona Sports Saturday. It's 4th of July weekend. Um, We've got Monday, and almost everybody has Tuesday off to celebrate the holidays, and it's a big holiday weekend. If you're a big fan of soccer and joining us now on the 72 Sold Sports Line, is Phoenix Rising GM Bobby Dooley joining us here on the program. Bobby, thanks so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem. So you've got a big match coming up this uh, this evening, actually. Uh, tell us a little more about what's going on tonight at Wild Horse Pass. Yeah, we first got our, our match against Orange County, who has always been a tough opponent and the team that uh, won the USL Championship last year. And, and so it's the midpoint of the season, and, and uh, we've been on a, on a little bit of string of bad form now. So it's, it's time to turn it around and, and uh, start the second half of the season all right with a win, and then uh, finish the night with uh, some post-match fireworks. Hey, Bobby, I don't know if you're a basketball guy, if you have if you even watch basketball, but pretty much all we've been talking about on this radio station for the last couple of days is acquiring Kevin Durant, the superstar in the NBA. And I wanted to ask you, because you're a sports GM, and I'm certainly not, have you ever made a trade 
where it you knew it was going to be franchise altering like you knew this was going to change the direction of the entire club and what are the pressures involved in that it's a good question and I, i'm certainly a sports fan and, and and a big supporter of all the teams here in the valley and I'm, I'm i'm just like you guys i'm captivated by by this free agency market and all the moves that, that are happening and potentially happening and for us i i think i i look back to what what completely you know changed the the direction of this organization not only when our new ownership group came on board but when we signed a player of the caliber of didier drogba um mm-hmm. when this rebranded from arizona united to the phoenix rising and, and we brought on someone that's um you know arguably one of the top 10 best players in the history of the sport and, and what he did for our organization and put us on the map globally and what we learned from him so that was certainly a a, a big move from our ownership group from day one and, and uh, you know, unbelievable to get a guy of his quality to, to learn from day in and day out. So I would say that, that we, uh, we started that out and, and we haven't made a move to that magnitude, but, but you never know. In the inverse of that, if, if you don't mind me asking, what happens in a situation where the fan base is really high on the idea of a big name coming to your club but then in the end, it doesn't really work out for better or for worse or whatever reason. It doesn't work out in your favor. What is the response that you have to give to the fan base as a result of all this hype leading to ultimately nothing much? It's tough. And I think, you know, if, if you're if you're referring to the Suns, you have to trust the group that's in place right now. James Jones, Monty Williams, what they've done and, and had one of the uh, the best records in, in their history last year and, and assembled the talent and and so, you know, I, I, they're, they're looking at the best interest of the team and, and seeing where they can, where they can get better. And, and, uh, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's the right, uh, right pieces and it comes together. And, and ultimately in any sport, it's, it's the best reality television. At the end of the day, uh, you know, the ball's got to bounce your way. You got to get a little bit of good luck, stay injury free and, and, and get on a good run and, and ultimately, you know, have confidence, um, and, and have that positive energy and, and the passion and support around the Suns this past season and, Frankly, the passion and support around Phoenix Rising is is, is tremendous, and and for us, we're all trying to put a winner out in the, on the field, on the court, and uh, you know, trying to make the right decisions to put the right pieces to, to ultimately lift that trophy at the end of the season. Bobby Dooley, general manager of Phoenix Rising FC, joining us here on the seventy two Sold Sports Line. They got a big match tonight against the reigning champs, Orange County SC. It's at seven thirty at Wild Horse Pass. You can still get tickets. Call six two three five nine four. 9606 or go to com. Really quickly, Bobby, I want to ask you about the state of the team. Four straight match losses, although they've scored five goals in your last two. How would you assess the state of the team as it is right now? Yeah, we've certainly, you know, set the season out and, and over the past, you know, five seasons, we've set the bar really high and, and a standard of winning and, and uh, you know, that that's what we need to get back to and you know, we saw some positive signs in the last match. As you mentioned, we're scoring a few more goals. We have to we have to put the complete game together. You know, for ninety minutes and can't take any uh, breaks off and put the, the right guys in the right position to succeed. And uh, we're confident in the, in the group that we have, and and we still have everything that we want to play for. And that's lifting a trophy at the end of the season. That's what our our fans deserve, and that's the group that we've assembled. And and it starts tonight. So we have to get on the winning ways and, and uh, you know, excited to be out in front of our fans. It'll be a really good crowd and should be a lot of good energy. It's, it's not too warm out today. And, and hopefully uh, there can be some fireworks on the field with, with some goals early on and, and some positive energy throughout the stadium and, and wrap up the evening with a, with a fireworks show. 
Fantastic. Bobby, thanks so much for the time. Good luck to your guys tonight and for the rest of the way. Hopefully you can get back into the postseason. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Bobby Dooley, GM of Phoenix Rising FC, joining us here on the 72-sold sports line. Again, that match tonight is at 7.30. They're taking on Orange County SC, who are the reigning champions of USLC. Again, you can find tickets phxrisingfc.com. I'm so fascinated by the concept of a franchise-altering acquisition, whether it's a trade, maybe it's a free agent type thing. Mm-hmm. And just talking with Bobby there about, you know, there are certain pressures that come with that. Right now, the Phoenix Suns front office, James Jones, is trying to negotiate a deal that will alter the, the quote-unquote window that people talk about, the, the window of contention. Not just for the Suns, but for a bunch of other teams in the league, too. True. Like, this is one of those trades that alters not just your team significantly, but the other 29 as well. Well, and what Bobby talked about there, too, uh, with Drogba, is like, there's the player, there's the person, there's the name, recognition that comes with it there's the marketing i mean there's like a lot of factors that go into these things i'm not saying that the suns don't have good players to begin with i mean devin booker is going to be on the cover of nba 2k3 uh 23 next year Mm -hmm. like that's a pretty darn good player right there chris paul is a hall of famer first ballot hall of famer so it's not like they are lacking in that department but kevin durant is a top 15 player all time maybe top 10 when he's done Mm. And that is just, when you have that opportunity, I heard, uh, I think it was Dave Burns I heard talking about this the other day. When the Suns had the chance to get Charles Barkley, yeah, it hurt to lose Jeff, Jeff Hornacek or some of the other guys that were involved in that trade. It kind of hurt. It stung at the time. Mm-hmm. But you're getting Charles Barkley. You're and then getting what? a transcendent player, name, person. And what happened to the Suns that very same season? They went to the finals? They went to the finals. What did Philadelphia do that year? Uh, not much. I don't think they were in the finals. The uh, Chicago Bulls were kind of in their way. Um, before we get out of this segment, just want to catch you up on a bunch of other NBA moves that have been happening, see how they impact the Suns. I think the biggest one today has to be what's going on in Cleveland. Uh, Darius Garland agreed to a Supermax rookie extension that, as of right now, could be worth up to $193 million, and if he makes the All-NBA team next year, $231 million. What pick was he in the draft? Does anybody remember? I think he was like fourth. Does that sound right? Let me... I think he was like the fourth. It doesn't really matter. My point was, every time the Cavs picked fourth, they always picked somebody who didn't really work out. Something about the fourth Deion overall. Waiters. Number five overall pick. Five overall. Deion Waiters was fourth. I'm not saying he was a bad... I mean, he lasted in the league, but... Wasn't worth the fourth. Uh, Tristan now I, Thompson, I think, was fourth. I kind of want to go down the route. Ra- oh, okay, so that was the Zion Williamson draft. Okay. Which, for the Suns, that was the Cam Johnson draft. Zion, Jaw, those were the two RJ Barrett, DeAndre RJ Hunter, Darius Garland. That is a pretty solid top five in That's that That's a really draft. good top five. It kind of falls off after that, Jared. And you know what? Cam Johnson at, what pick was that, 11? 11. That was pretty darn good, too. Some good foresight yeah, by the top Suns. five of that draft, and then Cam Johnson. There's a bunch of other good players in there, but as of right now, like, whew, that's huge. Um, the other big news: uh, Chris Haynes with Yahoo Sports says that James Harden is meeting with the 76ers today uh, to begin negotiating his new multi-year deal. Reportedly, he opted out of his final year so that he can make a more team-friendly contract. What? To bring in more players? That is not an NBA thing that people do. Which is interesting. That sounds like a Tom Brady thing. Tom Brady's the only person who does that. Who makes like half of what he's probably worth just so they can continue to win. Yeah. 
Good on James Harden. To be honest with you, that's that's the most encouraging thing I've heard about James Harden in a while. Uh, a couple of smaller ones that happened yesterday, in case you missed them. Jalen Smith, the former Suns pick, uh, two-year deal to go back to Indiana. What's the money? Do we know? I've not seen money. Okay. Related. It can't be like that much. It can't be that much. There's no way. Um, another name that was linked to the Suns, Dante DiVincenzo. Two years, 9.3 with Golden State. That is a steal of a deal. Holy Golden smokes. Golden State? What well, do they, why do they, they need him? Well, they just lost Damian Lee. But in reality, they also lost Otto Porter. They also lost Gary Payton. Like they, they were losing players left and right. I know I'm joking about it a little bit, but in all reality, you have to remember, like it's not just the teams that didn't go to the finals that are trying to get better. The Celtics are apparently talking about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. The Warriors are talking about a bunch Everybody's of different options. Everybody's talking about this. Yeah, it's like... You'd be foolish not to. The best team in the league that just won the finals like a week ago is looking to get better. Yeah. Everybody's looking to get better. It's crazy. And, and the and Warriors the, have endless pockets, apparently. And we mentioned the trade for Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota. There was another trade yesterday. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, getting traded to the Celtics. from Pretty the good Pacers. player. Solid player. Doesn't sound like he's going to start, but he's making about 20 mil next year. So that'll be interesting to now, see how they handle Is he a point that. guard? I think so. Technically. So it's either going to be him or Marcus Smart. And Marcus Boston. Smart just won Defensive Player of the Year. Like, yeah. You don't want to take that guy off the court too much. Like You're not going to relegate him to a backup. No. You know what I mean? No. Definitely not. All right, coming up next, the money, it's, it's starting to look a real mess in trying to figure out this Kevin Durant trade. So we need somebody to help us move the decimal points around. ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks, he joins us next here on 98.7 FM. Arizona sports goes local. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It is Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Vereldis with you. Let's run down quickly the environment that we're living in right now. Yesterday, we learned three key pieces of information from reporting from John Gambadoro here on our station. Number one, the Suns have turned their attention to acquiring Kevin Durant from Brooklyn. Number two, Brooklyn does not want DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. And number three, Perhaps the only team in the league we know of right now that is interested in DeAndre Ayton in, on some level is the Utah Jazz. Keep all three of those things in mind for one second while we'll we do. try to figure out how does Durant end up in Phoenix. That's why we turn to the ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks. He joins us now on the line. Bobby, thanks so much for the time today, man. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Well, I tell you, my favorite time of the year is when you get to use the touch screen and explain how all the money gets to move. <laughs> it's my favorite time of the year, Bobby. I just hope it works, right? <laughs> I know. Like we go on these, when we pulled out the trade machine touch screen, that, uh, not really fond of, <laughs> but we pulled that out yesterday and, uh, we had some fun with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, 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 it's Build that thing is a month. It's, it takes like four months to build that uh, the free agent one Sheesh. here. But uh, yeah, we had fun with it. Uh, you know, last you know last three four days here. So knowing everything that we just laid out, that yeah. that the Suns want Durant, Brooklyn doesn't want Aiton. Maybe Utah wants Aiton. How do we get Durant to Phoenix? Oh, you'd have to do a three way trade certainly, and I think. Um, I think it'll be interesting what eventually happens to that roster in, in Utah with um, Conley and Mitchell and guys like that. Certainly um, with Utah clearly rebuilding, um, 
the, I, I said all along, like the, the, the what happens with Ben Simmons certainly plays a lot into this. Um, because, you know, you would love to, to, to acquire one of these players that have signed one of these designated rookie contracts. There's about 14 or 15 of them. You know, Devin was one of them before he signed this Supermax, and, you know, he's not eligible to be traded. I don't think they would put him in a deal anyway. Right. Um, and so basically, like, so Simmons is like, so you can't go out and get Bam Adebayo because you have Ben on your roster. You can't have two players that you acquired in a trade, right? So you just, you're eliminating basically 14 of the top 25 under 25 players here. So you're, so you basically, You'd have to engage, in a, you know, in a three-way trade um, with Utah as far as if Aiton goes there, and you know, um, what goes to Brooklyn, and Durant goes to Phoenix, and what else goes to Brooklyn from Phoenix? Maybe McHale. Um, so I think that's kind of the way I would see it um, for for a deal happen. I think the Aiton piece is is I don't know about not wanting Aiton. I think it's more about it's it's a humongous challenge because where the Nets are salary, they would basically have to trade Kyrie somewhere and not and not take anything back um, because right now um, you know Brooklyn's uh, twenty four million over the hard cap the hard cap hasn't been triggered yet but if you did let's say eight and in bridges well the hard cap triggers because it's a sign and trade and then you would exceed it and that's not allowable here so that's I think that's more has to do somewhat has to do with finances certainly eight and a big number presents a little bit of a challenge for Brooklyn but. I think that there's a there's a workable solution. I just don't think it's cut and dry. Like, you know, when when um, you know, when we heard the news, I guess what was that? When was it Thursday? I think I it was Thursday, Thursday, right? Yeah. Um, we you know, all of a sudden you think, all right, everyone, all 2019s are going to put up their best packages in here, and, and you just go through like you go through the process of elimination. For one thing, there's only 11 teams that have all their first round picks. Okay, so we eliminate um, you know, some of these other teams. Milwaukee, for example, have traded out. And then you just go by, you go through the list, whether it be Phoenix or New Orleans or Toronto, Miami's challenge because of Adebayo and what they have to trade. Um, and I, I can see this playing out. You know, I really can. I don't think they're, I don't think Brooklyn's on a timeline where they, you know, or they put all their, their best offers on the board and then by tomorrow night at midnight they have to choose one here. What are the chances you say that the Suns are able to hold on to Mikhail Bridges when it's all said and done? Unlikely. Unlikely? Why? Yeah, because if I'm Brooklyn, I don't draft picks don't mean anything for me. You know, 2004 first round picks doesn't mean anything for me. You know, that are going to be in the 20s. You know, I don't want I don't want salary filler. You know, I don't want Jay Crowder and Landry Shamed and you know Cam Johnson's a nice player, but I want to you know I want to I want a blue chip prospect here. So you I, mean, th- I think certainly if it's What's that? I was going to say, so you think that Brooklyn is in the mindset that regardless of what happens, they want to remain competitive as opposed to going yeah. like the Utah or Houston route? Okay. I, I think remain competitive, but not taking back Anthony Davis, Jimmy right. Butler, you know, like that DeMar DeRozan, let's say. Like, like it's almost like what um, Oklahoma City did when they took back Shea Gilles. You get, you get one really good young player, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get everything else that comes with it as far as the draft picks here. So I think for, you know, certainly McHale would be, you know, you'd have to circle him there because I don't see anybody else, you know, certainly out of, you know, not Chris and certainly not Devin. Uh, we talked to Eaton, um, you know, you know, as far as, you know, the rest of the roster there. What uh, We're talking with Bobby Marks, by the way, ESPN NBA insider. He knows all the numbers and how they all work. Uh Will we see a Kyrie Irving move before we see anything happen with Durant? 
You know, it's interesting. Uh, if you had asked me that two days ago, I said, yeah, I would have said, um, no, we need to see, um, we need to see Durant trade first because then we could see what the roster is going to look like because that might determine what the way you take back in the Kyrie deal. Do you want long-term salary? I think you would be, and I, my, my thought process has changed. I don't know if it's just because I'm lacking sleep and I'm thinking <laughs> differently. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think I would say, if you ask me right now, I would say you would probably see a Kyrie move before you would see Durant. Now you're going to ask, well, where is, where is that? And I'm thinking, like, I don't think it's the Lakers, guys. I really don't. The cost of it for Brooklyn is astronomical. So basically, if you did a Westbrook in um, Kyrie swap, maybe Westbrook goes somewhere else. Let's just say for one for one. It would cost the Nets an additional $70 million this year in the luxury tax. Oh, jeez. Plus, the best part is that Irving's got a trade bonus in his contract. So <laughs> a guy that doesn't want to be there, and we're going to give you $5.5 million, you can go pay, play with your buddy in, in L.A.? I don't know how much that will, you know, with with ownership. So, but then it's like, well, what do you do? I mean, his trade value is not good, right? Right. Firing contract. We we know the history. So, are you just looking for role players? I think that's where Brooklyn would have to do. And do you want to take back guys on, you know, that have some length on their contract? Um, do you want Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, for example, right? Like so, mm-hmm. it's like scenarios like that. So, um, but I do think I think it's, um, you know, I think Brooklyn would probably take whatever is offered to them for Kyrie Irving, except maybe a, a Westbrook that would cost them, you know, so much money there. I want to turn the attention to DeAndre Ayton for a second, because based off yeah. Gamble's report yesterday, it sounds like Utah would entertain the idea of a sign and trade. But to what you just said, it sounds like Utah is not willing to, you know, fork over max money to get DeAndre Ayton. So now that we are getting this information out, what is more likely a realistic number for Ayton at this point in negotiating processes? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the center position unless you're Jokic and and um, Embiid and yeah, I guess we could put Gobert up there. It's it's not a it's not paid at a premium. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, thirty one, thirty two million dollars. I mean, you see, I mean, he's not DeAndre's not Nurkic, but you know, centers are getting sixteen, seventeen million. So he's probably would be in the mid twenty five to twenty six million dollar range, maybe a little bit less. Um, so I think it's 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 interesting just because you know I think he's I I believe he is a max player, but at the end of the day the market dictates what your salary is going to be, right? So yeah. when you look at whether it be Phoenix that maybe looks at it him not as a thirty one million dollar player, and then what else is out there? You know, outside of certainly we we you know we know about Indiana here. I don't know about Char. I mean on San Antonio, um, but it's not a year where there's seven or eight teams with cap space and all of a sudden he had six meetings, right? It's just, you know, you basically have to work on a sign and trade. And that's, you know, that's challenging um, when it comes to now you've got the Durant factor in here. I will say this, though. I think if Aiton eventually signed an offer sheet with um, with uh, Indiana and let's say it's matched or you, there's a sign and trade, I don't think that eliminates Phoenix at all from Durant at all. So I would say for people listening, like don't think like all of a sudden if Aiton is gone, then we're out for Durant. I would I would definitely rule. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't um, you know that's I would eliminate that process. And in that scenario, you. you're saying that the Suns would let him walk, or they would have to match the restricted offer. They would have to match. In that case, I don't think you could just let him walk, right? No, I mean, that would no. be not good. <laughs> not it, good at all. It would go against everything that we've heard that the Suns would want yeah, to do if Aiden. You would basically match, and then hopefully six months or a year from now, he's got trade value. I think he will. 
um, and then you, you you flip them in a, in a deal um, down the road. Now, you, I mean, the, the goal would be is that you would want to just work out a signing trade with Indiana, whether it be Miles Turner and some fillers. Um, you know, Turner's on an expiring here, and then at least you have something, you know, something for him. I want to ask you one more before we let you go, Bobby, because sure. you need sleep, and we we all know it. Um, no, I got to do Sports Center at three thirty, and I just got a request for the midnight show. I'm oh, jeez! Like, oh, oh, call me back. I want to leave. I want to go back to my hotel. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get an IV of coffee or something to help keep oh, you awake. Yeah. But I have yeah. kind of a philosophical question for you. So when yeah, we see yeah. these super teams come together, yeah. more often than not, or sometimes or not, it collapses. It it self destructs. Yep. What? If the Suns pull off this deal to get Durant, how do they avoid getting into that pitfall, or is it just completely unavoidable altogether? You got leaders. That's how you avoid it. You got leaders. Your coach is a leader, right? Yeah. Strong individual. Chris is a leader. Booker's a leader. Quiet leader, right? Brooklyn didn't have that. And I'm not talking about Steve Nash. I'm talking about what their roster is. When you make it do a super team, you better make sure that you have one player, at least one player, that has been invested in that organization for seven or eight years, was drafted by them, was part of that fabric, knows the ins and outs, is, is cares about the organization, compared to three individuals with Harden, Durant, and Irving, um, and had three different agendas. I mean, Kevin's a heck of a basketball player, and he's a good locker room guy. So I, he's not Kyrie, and he's not Harden, but have three different personalities, and I, you know, and are not in that leadership mode like Dwayne Wade was in Miami, Paul Pierce was in Boston to kind of keep things together. So it wouldn't concern me if if Durant got to um, the Phoenix, and now you got Chris, and you got Devin, and, and you know, and how does it fit in? You know, it's it's because I think those guys have, and you know, certainly Monty and, and James, those guys have strong leadership skills to keep that thing together. Bobby Marks, uh, thanks so much, man, for helping us uh, figure out the math, giving us some of your insights. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. That's Bobby Marks, NBA insider for ESPN. He joined us on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. We'll come back after the break. Uh, we'll react a little bit to what we heard from Bobby Marks and dive a little deeper into how do the Phoenix Suns land Kevin Durant. That's next.